0: Okay, we are live. So we're gonna talk about Gonzalo Lira, and he's also known as Coach Red Pill. And uh, when I was uh, into the Red Pill content, I used to watch his stuff. Some things I agreed with, some things I didn't. But it's tragic what has happened. So let's uh, get into this story. Talk radio live at okay, 4K fair use.
1: Well, the Cokehead of Kiev, because he is a cokehead head, the Cokehead of Kiev is actually a manufactured political figure. He was manufactured by a Ukrainian Israeli Cypriot oligarch called Igor Kolomoysky. Now Igor Kolomoysky was the man who owns One Plus One Media here in Ukraine. And One Plus One Media is the company that financed and produced the TV show Servant of the People. And Servant of the People hired Zelensky, a well-known actor in Ukraine, an actor with zero political experience or even any political interest. Well, they hired him to play the role of the president in this show, Servant of the People. Now, Servant of the People had huge ratings but a lot of people say that it was really weird the amount of propaganda and pr that was done for the show it was disproportionate to any other show of any channel the amount of pr positive press and all the rest of it it was really pushed on the people some people say it was completely astroturfed some people who know uh how to speak ukrainian and who have watched the show have told me that it's a mildly enjoyable show, but no big deal, but anyway, the show was hugely popular, and it ran from 2015 to 2018, and almost seamlessly, Kolomoisky, the oligarch, created a party called Servant of the People, same name as the TV show, and their candidate was Zelensky, a man with no previous political experience and indeed no previous political interest. And Kolomoisky financed Zelensky to the point that Zelensky today is a billionaire. How many actors do you know are billionaires? Hmm? I mean, I don't think that Tom Cruise is a billionaire and he's the most successful actor in the world. If he's just an actor. Hmm? Zelensky is more than just an actor. Hmm? He's the finger puppet of Kolomoisky, this oligarch. And do you know who Kolomoysky also financed, to the tune of $50,000 a month, plus additional benefits of different sorts? Hunter Biden, yes. In 2014, Burisma, the Ukrainian oil company, the gas company, excuse me, hired Hunter Biden to be on its board of directors, to the tune of $50,000 a month. Who do you think controls Burisma? Kolomoisky the same guy who manufactured Zelensky as president of Ukraine. Yeah, I bet you didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Zelensky and Hunter Biden are spiritual cousins. They are bankrolled by the same guy. It's funny because both of them have uh, drug addictions, pretty serious ones. Mm -hmm. Both of them get their money from Kolomoysky. And both of them are intimately involved in Ukraine. But here's the difference, of course. Zelensky doesn't have a dad who's president of the United States, now does he? Why do you think the White House, the United States, is freaking out so badly over Ukraine? Mm -hmm. In Ukraine, there are all kinds of secrets. In Ukraine, well...
0: The thing is, what's also interesting is the fact that, biden went hard to get Brittany griner okay out of russia but he couldn't or he just didn't want to get gonzalo lira out of the clutches of ukraine imprisonment interesting This guy here is actually a political prisoner. Not somebody who just shoots a ball through a hoop and chooses to break the laws of another country. Okay. So you can see what was more important to the Biden administration. Because the Biden administration is working with these neo-Nazis. This neo-nazi government
1: see the more unsavory people in the washington establishment have used ukraine as their private piggy bank to the detriment of the ukrainian people they have financially raped ukraine stripping it of monies and assets monies and assets needed by the people of ukraine and this is part of the reason that ukraine is one of the poorest countries in europe if not the poorest country in europe because of the corruption, because of how Westerners have exploited it, Western politicians have exploited it. Hunter Biden, $50,000 a month. And you say to yourself, well, 50,000 isn't that much. Yeah, but $50,000 a year is the medium household income in the United States. In Ukraine, a much poorer country, $50,000 a year would easily, uh, solve the problems of a good four or five families in Ukraine, the financial problems of those four or five families in Ukraine for a year. And Hunter Biden was getting that money per month
2: just for himself.
1: Although of course in the Hunter Biden emails, there's talk. That seems to be true that the old man would get a 10% kickback of whatever Hunter Biden was getting. Hmm? And that was in the uh, laptop oh yeah look it up you don't have to take my word for it you don't have to take my word for any of what i'm telling you mm-hmm. look it up yourself and you'll find it it's very easy to find kolomoisky the ukrainian israeli cypriot oligarch was financing zelensky was financing joe biden god else god alone knows who else he was financing
0: And that is why Biden left him to be tortured in that place. Okay. Why isn't this mainstream media news? Okay. You had a woman, okay, who thinks in her head it's okay to take marijuana to another country. You've been playing basketball in Russia for years. You decide it's okay to take marijuana over there. She just makes a little plea and automatically she's released. Gonzalo Lira, even though I thought it was very, not a good idea to go over to ukraine to do you know journalism work because you already know what they do to journal with the journalists over there it is nazi germany over there it's like the nazis never left in ukraine all right to go over there and expose them he couldn't get that treatment And this is Joe Biden talking about no more white supremacy. Yet you find out he is supporting white supremacy. And let's look at uh, how he is vilified. I think the Ukrainians are remorseful. Look what they have in their army.
3: regarding the news that broke relating to Gonzalo Lira, I'll begin by offering my condolences to his family and my prayers to them and to Gonzalo's soul, that they are able to find peace and Gonzalo is able to find...
0: This is a transformer in the Ukrainian army who is basically going to trash Gonzalo Lira. Redemption
3: with the Lord, now that he is no longer walking in this world. Everyone deserves to have eternal salvation, and it is my hope that Gonzalo has been able to to find that, now that he has passed on. As for the situation that led to his natural demise and natural passing, Gonzalo Lira was not a journalist. Gonzalo Lira was a would-be agent of the Russian government. This has been proven without a doubt, and it is clear in the testimony and in the evidence that was compiled by Ukrainian investigators. Speaking of Ukrainian investigators, I am not a member of the SSU. I am not part of Ukrainian intelligence. I was simply someone who had knowledge of Gonzalo's work and actions, dating from April of 2022 until recently. Ultimately, Gonzalo Lira chose to stay in a war zone, although he was allowed to leave. Gonzalo Lira decided to insert himself into a war on the side of the Russians. And ultimately, apparently, the stress of that led to a rapid decline in his health and ultimately his death by pneumonia. Again, the facts are simple. Gonzalo Lira was not a journalist. Gonzalo Lira was someone who pushed the Russian narrative at the expense of Ukrainian soldiers and accredited foreign journalists whom he tried to dox.
0: Now we all know that the Ukrainian military likes to lie and this person here has extreme hatred towards Gonzalo Lira
3: have passed on well we don't know the human body and we don't know the human condition I would have personally liked to have seen the trial come to a full conclusion so he could have been convicted if that's what the judge would have decided and the answers could have been clearer now though all we can know are the facts as they were presented in court and the facts are simple Gonzalo Lira was guilty of what he was accused of, and now he's no longer with us, and all we can do is move forward, understanding that war is a horrific experience, and that the sooner the Russians understand that they need to retreat back to their borders, and Ukraine will be able to return to the country's 1991 borders, including Crimea, and Ukraine can have the implementation of President Zelensky's 10-point peace formula the more lives
0: will be saved. More lives will be saved in Ukraine if Zelensky surrenders to Russia. I don't know what's it gonna take for people within Zelensky's camp. I understand that for a lot of them, you know, to try to resist being in the Ukrainian military will lead to prison time, okay? I understand that. But the lies got to stop. And that's why I am not for Gonzalo Lira going over there and exposing what's going on in Ukraine. However, on the other hand, he is helping the news, the information to go out, to get out there. And possibly some country, some peace organization could go down there and stop this war and to have Zelensky if by force to just surrender to Putin. Millions of Ukrainian soldiers are getting slaughtered. They're even enlisting people with down syndrome to fight for Ukraine, for the Ukrainian military. That is who Zelensky is enlisting, people with down syndrome. That's how desperate, that is how insane he is. Ukraine executes American citizen who exposed biden Zelensky corruption. Ukrainian authorities have killed an American citizen who was found guilty of treason for daring to expose corruption between the Biden and Zelensky regimes. Journalist Gonzalo Lira, an American citizen who was tortured in Ukraine for criticizing Zelensky and Biden died as a result of his ongoing torture in a Ukrainian prison on Thursday night. Gonzalo Lira Sr. says his son had died at 55 in Ukrainian prison, where he was being held for a crime of criticizing Zelensky and Biden governments, Tucker Carlson posted on X Friday. Gonzalo Lira was an American citizen, but the Biden administration clearly supported his imprisonment and torture. Several weeks ago, he spoke to his father, predicted his son would be killed. so what Tucker Carlson had to say about it.
4: American citizens put Ukrainian flags on their mailboxes and on their bumper stickers. But one thing most Amer- Americans didn't get a lot of was.
0: Sorry, one second. Just gonna make this a little large. There we go. Wide. Sorry about that. Second,
4: February of 2022, the Russian military rolled across the border of eastern Ukraine. And then for the next year and a half, the American media and political establishment spent, what's fair to say, a disproportionate amount of time talking about Ukraine and America's obligation to support Ukraine, pay for Ukraine's military and its government, and, of course, support it morally, and above all to hate Russia. And most Americans obeyed. Politicians wore Ukrainian flags on their lapels. American citizens put Ukrainian flags on their mailboxes and on their bumper stickers. But one thing most Americans didn't get a lot of was actual news from Ukraine. What was it like to live there? What was happening? Happening inside that country that we were supporting and paying for, well, you couldn't really know because there's virtually no coverage of it. But on social media, there were a few people reporting, in what seemed like a pretty honest way, from within Ukraine. And one of them was an American citizen called Gonzalo Lira. He'd lived in Ukraine for quite some time, and he posted, particularly on Twitter, his accounts of what life was like there and his view of how the war was going. And so, for people who are interested in what was happening. He was worth watching. Here's one of his reports:
5: The Russian economy is sailing on, sailing on. The European economy. People are starting to die of hypothermia in the UK because they don't have access to the cheap energy of Russia from before. See. And so. Every-
0: also, the soldiers there, they are you know dealing with hypothermia themselves. They're not given proper uh, blankets not given proper medicine because their higher ups steal the medicine and sell it on the black market they do not there's no there's no loyalty to mostly anyone in ukraine okay they're all about i'm not trying to generalize but that's it's you you can read articles online conservative websites independent websites news of websites they will tell you to what they have the ukrainians have said about themselves it's very cutthroat very corrupt government some of the people are mostly corrupt the weapons that was sent over there by the us they don't know how to use this ukrainians don't know how to use it the soldiers so they sell it on the black market so now that, that, that those weapons end up in the hands of terrorists these people who are refugees ukrainian refugees going over to uh, European countries start all types of havoc people welcome them into their homes and they start doing damage to their homes get them in trouble with the police or try to or even trying to just ask them to wash the dishes this is the culture of some of these Ukrainian people okay Marjorie Taylor Greene also had her experience dealing with a Ukrainian very entitled people not all of them but the ones that support ukraine and they know and they know what goes on down there they're just hoping that on your ignorance you don't know because their state sanctioned tv makes sure only the government lets you know what they want you to know
5: everything that the west has thrown at the russians has boomeranged right back at them and so now they're panicking and they're trying to figure out a way out of this situation. And they figure that if they throw more tanks, it'll help. It won't help. The, Ry- the Ukrainians, rather, they had like something like uh, 2,000 tanks before the start of this conflict. You think a couple of hundred now is going to help? I mean, why are they asking them? Because those 2,000 tanks are gone, as basic, you know? And so what? Uh, a couple of hundred, maybe 300 tanks. Is that going to change the outcome of the conflict? Oh, well, the Russians are just going to destroy them. In the West, all of the propaganda has said that, uh, the, you know Zelensky's a hero, a Winston Churchill figure, you know, and, and the Kiev regime are just angels and stuff like that. No, they're, they're bloodthirsty murderers, the Kiev regime. I'm, I'm telling you right now.
4: So he made a couple of points. One, Russia is not losing the war with Ukraine. Russia is winning. Two, the Russian economy, despite the sanctions from the United States and Western Europe, and despite the war, Has not been destroyed the russian economy is actually fine and in some ways it's improving it's becoming more independent more commodities based and that's an advantage for a country with a lot of commodities like russia meanwhile the u.s economy and u.s military power has suffered as a result of the war now lira to the extent that people responded to him in this country in our media was denounced as a russian puppet and a liar and a propagandist but in fact now we can admit he was right what you yeah a lot of people yeah i had an argument
0: not really an argument, but a back and forth with somebody on Twitter. He was saying like, oh, you were stupid enough to believe, the, you know, the information. out. you didn't believe mainstream media. And I told him, no, you were stupid enough to believe mainstream media. And I was smart enough to go and find independent media telling me the truth about Ukraine's involvement in human trafficking, um, human, illegal human organ harvesting. I remember watching on Telegram of a Ukrainian Medic, if you could call him a medic, he would rip out the eyes and organs out of soldiers that are still alive and sell them on the black market. This is Ukraine. Neo Nazis. Trafficking kids
4: killing journalists you just heard was true factually true russia is not losing the war in ukraine russia is winning russia's economy is fine ours is not so what happening in Zalolira? well for posting that video and others like it he was arrested by the government of ukraine the one that we pay for the supposed democracy that we support for moral reasons against the autocracy of russia he was arrested and then he was let out and then he tried to leave the country he tried to leave ukraine here's a video his last video
6: this is gonzalo Lira. i will definitely be sent to a prison labor camp where i will most certainly die and so i decided that the smart thing was take my chances in terms of getting across the border. Right now, I'm maybe five kilometers away from the border with Hungary. Uh, Over the last two days, I rode my bike just about 1,300 kilometers from Kharkov all the way here to the border. And my intention is to cross the border Uh, get to Hungary, and in Hungary I'm going to ask for political asylum. So either I will cross the border into Hungary in the next couple of hours, or I will be arrested again, and uh, God knows what will happen to me.
4: He never made it. Five miles from the Hungarian border, five kilometers, rather, from the Hungarian border, he was arrested. Gonzalo Lira remains in prison tonight, a political prisoner in a country that we were told was free. And it's
0: not free. I've listened to some of that video on Twitter. Um, talking about how, you know, the uh, the guards in, over there, they don't do the beatings, the inmates do. They hit him so hard that it, it caused damage to his, uh, his chest. Um, it's sad, it really is. But more and more information is coming out that, you know, Ukraine is not a good place to be. And Biden has a lot of, the Biden administration, the Republican party and the Democrats have a lot of blood on their hands and they have a lot a lot to atone for, so much blood on their hands. All right. The fact that you sent all this money over there, we have vets on the street corners. We have people going hungry without food. And your bright ideas was to take our taxpayer dollars to support white supremacists. I thank God for social media because when Ukraine was really going to go to war with Russia and they were making sure that black and indian foreign exchange students were not getting on that train first or not getting on that train at all imagine if they didn't have social media also they were being the indian uh foreign exchange students were being shot at you had black foreign exchange students with kids trying to get out of there and the ukrainian military is making it very difficult for them they even wanted blacks in ukraine to fight for ukraine after you treated them so horribly imagine if we didn't have social media didn't have phones with that could record video and you could send it on websites imagine the horror that they would have gotten away with. The atrocities. It's insane. But um, let's get into uh, the Shabbat tunnels. Let's get into that right now. Let's find out more about that. This, the uh suspicions, okay. The connections, because everything they're saying about it it's, it's a lie. Like oh, the tunnels were built because you know we need to, to travel, uh, 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 how to travel, uh, a, a safe way to travel during COVID. That that made no sense. You guys have your own types of transportation. So what what are you talking about?
7: use. This is what's really going down. Warning about secret tunnel systems involving prominent members of the global elite for years. Now evidence is emerging, linking the illegal tunnel systems found beneath Crown Heights in Brooklyn with Jeffrey Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell and the Clinton Foundation. Disturbing video footage from New York City went viral earlier this week, revealing a small stained mattress being pulled from the tunnel. That was discovered beneath a crown height synagogue where photographs show that among other things children's mattresses and high chairs were located in the underground lair a riot broke out and a dozen men were arrested at the new york city synagogue that serves as the headquarters of the orthodox jewish and fact-checkers are forcing social media sites to delete viral threads exposing the secret tunnels to millions of people. There is just one problem for these charlatans. The people are waking up and demanding to know the truth. How's this for truth? The Chabad Lubavitch... Ghislaine Maxwell
0: received special prison benefits via organization linked to Chabad Lubavitch headquarters. Last summer, it was reported that Ghislaine Maxwell was taking advantage of special treatment reserved for Jewish prisoners
7: while incarcerated in federal prison headquarters with the tunnel system complete with bloodied small mattresses books covered in blood and children's high chairs has close ties to jeffrey epstein and his child procurer Ghislaine maxwell that's right the synagogue with a secret tunnel system underneath also happens to be providing jeffrey epstein's child sex fixer with special privileges while she's in prison ensuring she receives the very best kosher food which is costlier and various other benefits According to the mainstream media, this is just a wild coincidence. The media also doesn't want you to know that the Kabad Lubavitch headquarters has been linked to child sex abuse for decades. Herschel Pekka, a senior member who designed the Kabad's world-famous menorah, admitted in 1991 to doing, in his words, things that shouldn't be done to a five-year-old girl. This is probably a good time to mention that the Kabad Lubavitch synagogue is also linked to the Clinton Foundation with the two organisations sharing a history of working on so-called projects together, which have been announced on both of their websites over the years. Of course, the fact that Bad Lubavitch headquarters is connected to the Clinton Foundation, which is itself connected to convicted child-stealers, including Laura Silsby, who was found guilty of trafficking children from Haiti. Well, the mainstream media want you to know that these facts are also nothing more than a series of wild coincidences. Keep in mind that both Epstein and Maxwell are on the record, claiming they helped to launch the Clinton Foundation. Can you see how the dots are starting to connect? Eight million children go missing in the world every single year, and many of them end up trafficked by secret networks into the hands of elite pedophiles who run the world. After this quick break, we're... ...known to cause extreme hallucinations and feelings of empowerment.
0: Sorry, one second, one second.
8: Here we go.
7: The rumored secret Illuminati drug. Adrenochrome. It's a chemical compound produced in the human body when adrenaline oxidizes. Adrenochrome is known to cause extreme hallucinations and feelings of empowerment and euphoria. How is the chemical extracted? A victim is terrorized, either being tortured or knowing they're going to be sacrificed, increasing the amount of adrenaline that is flowing through their body. They are then killed, and the adrenochrome is collected with a syringe from the base of the neck or spinal column.
0: Sorry, I have to go a little further. So- I have to jump through-
7: Colts. Adrenochrome farms are operating in the United States, trafficking in children with no but.
0: Birth- had to like uh, jump between clips because, uh... Trying to,
7: trying to do this without getting dinged. Certificates or international documents who were sold to VIP elites for huge sums of money. These children do not have official documents, but they do have expiry dates of two to four years old. Due to how often they are raped and abused, after which they're killed with impunity or ritually murdered depending on the preference of their owners. In 2016, news broke out that a horrific snuff film involving Hillary Clinton was circulating on the dark web. Law enforcement officers have confirmed the tape is so nauseating, they can't bear to watch more than a few seconds. But don't take my word for it. This is all according to Robert David Steele veteran of the US Marine Corps and a former CIA operations officer who became one of the most well placed whistleblowers in history when he blew the lid off the entire global pedophilia control system before a shocked judicial commission.
2: Let me say first off that this is a a court of inquiry. It's not an adversarial court. It's a non profit educational event. And with enormous enormous energy and intelligence, all of us have been brought together to try to bring out some of the aspects, Uh, so if I may, I I have prepared an overview statement based on my work these many past weeks, and I want to just say that as a parent and as a patriot, I'm absolutely outraged by what we're allowing to happen to our children. Uh, This, I mean, humanity is judged on how you treat the weakest member uh, of um, of the society. Let me say that although pedophilia, which says child love, has nothing to do with the abuse of children, uh, these children are not just kidnapped and in some cases bred by families as a cash crop. We have people in the United States of America that breed children in order to sell them. And when they are sold, they come without birth certificates, which means it's easier to kill them and have no one ask where they are. We're also importing children by the plane load. Again, children who have no documentation. It's not just child slavery or child sex abuse. It's also child torture because you have adrenalized blood. You, you have the, the whole blood drinking ceremony of the satanic world. It's also the uh, use of children for harvesting body organs. We'll have the Falun Gong uh, testimony tomorrow. Um, One of the reasons that the Falun Gong are so popular is because they're so healthy, uh, so that you can harvest their body organs uh, and get get the very best. And then you have ritual ceremonies and ritual murder, uh, as well as incidental murder. Uh, I I have been a spy. I'm out from undercover. I'm under a lifetime secrecy agreement. I absolutely... uh, tell you without doubt i have no secrets that i can remember uh so uh if when i go to iran soon they can torture me there's nothing there
0: (laughs) okay so that is uh basically what this is all could all be about sorry it is i mean shabbat is a very uh it's, it's pretty much a criminal cult um It is a very much into the Talmud, like the orthodox small hats. And uh, you could look up the Talmud and see what they think about children, designated bondmaids. Okay. Um, This is a, uh, let me show you, read you an article right now. All right. Where is it? It's right here. Yep, here we go. All right. <clears throat> Sorry, hold on a second yep here we are right here it's vice from vice this story is uh five years old the child grape assembly line rabbi Nakam rosenberg who is 63 with a long graying beard recently sat down with me to explain what he described as a child grape assembly line among sex of fundamentalist shoes Rabbi Naqshin Rosenberg, who is 63 with a long graying beard, recently sat down to with me to explain what he describes as a child rape assembly line among sects of fundamentalist small hats. He cleared his throat. I'm going to be graphic, he said. A member of the Brooklyn Satmar Hasidim, fundamentalist branch of Orthodox Judaism, Nakama kind of designs designs and repairs mitzvahs in compliance with Torah law. The mitzvah is a ritual Jewish bathhouse used for purification, devout Jews are required to cleanse themselves in the mitzvah on a variety of occasions women must visit uh, following their cycle and men have to make an appearance before the high holy days such as rosh hashanah and Yom kippur many of the devote also purify themselves before and after the act of sex and before sabbath on a visit to jerusalem in 2005 rabbi rosenberg entered into a mitvah in one of the holiest neighborhoods in the city i opened the door that entered into the streets he told me vapors everywhere i can barely see my eyes adjust and i see an old man my age long white beard a holy looking man sitting into the vapors on his lap facing away from him is a boy maybe seven years old and the old man is having perversions with a boy rabbi rosenberg paused and gathered himself around this boy was spared on the man like an animal like a peer and the boy was saying nothing but on his face fear the old man looked at me without any fear as he was it was common practice he did not stop i was so angry i confronted him i removed the boy from his uh i took the boy so i told this man it's a sin before god miss over what are you doing to this boy boy's soul you are destroying this boy he had a sponge." On a stick to clean his back he hit me across the face how dare you interrupt me he said i heard of things of these things for a long time now i had seen the child abuse crisis in ultra orthodox judaism like that in the catholic church has produced its share of shocking headlines in recent years in new york and in the provident orthodox communities of israel and london allegations of child abuse and rape have been rampant the alleged abusers are school teachers rabbis fathers uncles figures of male authority. The victims like those of Catholic priests are mostly boys. Rabbi Rosenborg believes around half of the young males in Brooklyn's acidity community, the largest in the United States and one of the largest in the world have been victims of sexual assault perpetrated by their elders. Ben Hitch, director of Survivors for Justice, a Brooklyn organization that advocates for orthodox um, abuse victims thinks the real number is higher. From anecdotal evidence, we're looking at Over 50% it has almost become a rite of passage now here's the thing though right um in Israel they have a thing called the right of return so basically if you are uh, if you're a rabbi and you do something like this you could always run to Israel and you don't have to fear being extradited back to the United States this there was a big scandal, I think, back in late two thousands, not late two thousands, early two thousands, and uh, the rabbis were imprisoned, but they is they were they were gone because they ran to Israel, and you're not allowed to talk about this for some reason, okay? Talk about the Catholic Church, talk about the Muslims, She you can't talk about this. Just to show you how much power they have, and you see it blatantly with uh, the Israel-Palestine situation that has really opened a lot of people's eyes now. All right. Orthodox Jews who speak out about these abuses are ruined and condemned to exile by their own community. Dr. Amy Newstein, a non-fundamentalist, Orthodox Jewish sociologist and editor of Tempest in the Temple Jewish Communities and Child Sex Scandals told me the story of a series of acidic mothers in Brooklyn who got to know who complained that their children were being preyed upon by their husbands. In these cases, the accused men are very quickly and effectively engaged. The rabbis and the Orthodox politicians and powerful Orthodox rabbis who donate handsome lead to political clubs the goal she told me is to exercise the mother from the child's life rabbinical courts cast the mother's aside the effects are permanent the mother is amputated one woman befriended by dr. Neusting, a music student at a college outside New York lost contact with all six of her children including the infant she was breastfeeding at the time of their separation Rabbi Rosenman inspects a ritual purification bath known as Mitzvah. In the 2005, he witnessed a young boy being raped in a symbol of bath. Yeah, um, I'm not gonna read no more, but you get the gist of what's, you know, once you read this story, you can't put it past uh, what, why those tunnels were built. Okay. Can't. All right, so let's get into the story about how Israeli government was bribing TikTok content creators for, to gain support for Israel.
1: Pain to content creators and influencers to support Israel. $5,000 is what I was just offered to pledge my support to Israel.
8: And I think this
1: is absolutely disgusting. You cannot buy my support of a genocide.
9: Several social media influencers have spoken out after being offered financial and social
0: fair use.
9: Social incentives by pro-Israeli lobbies to announce their support for Israel and to adjust their narrative in Israel's favor amidst Tel Aviv's war on Palestine's Gaza. An email sent by a global collective asked users to share content from its library with the hashtag StandWithIsrael and HamasIsIsis, promising to share the influencers' posts for increased viewership. The collective sought to legitimize their offer by referencing celebrities such as Kim Kardashian, Madonna, and Jerry Seinfeld. Meanwhile, other groups offered money to content creators to stir up support for Israel.
0: Jerry Seinfeld was dating somebody way, way too young.
9: Israeli marketing groups are paying my followers to switch sides. Pretty much they're telling my followers that if they go live with them, they are going to compensate them uh, 1,000 US dollars. They say that they might even give them up to $2,000 just to go live with them. Some pro-Palestinian influencers also claim that pro-Israeli brands have threatened to revoke their sponsorships for publicly supporting Palestinians. I received a essay basically saying that they're not willing to work with me anymore because I've publicly said that I support Palestine. I received another message where they said, if I take the post down and publicly announce that I do not support that they will pay me basically double the amount that we agreed on and they would repost my video onto their feed which in what actual right mind do you think that you can buy my morals? David? Re- and that's not all. This Israeli page has been lifting photos from pro-Palestinian creators and re-editing them to fabricate increased support for Israel.
1: Apparently
7: I stand with Israel? And it's not just me. The real Yaz also has apparently been supporting Israel. <laughs> Without her knowledge.
9: Israeli groups have long been accused of manipulating information and controlling the narrative through digital and PR campaigns in an attempt to whitewash their war crimes. But this time, their campaign has backfired.
0: More and more um, information is coming out about what type of people they really are. People are not taking it. All right. So we have a uh, Border Patrol agent who did the unthinkable. He did the unthinkable. Know what that was? He did his job. Let's check it out. U.S. Border Patrol agent under investigation after he was caught returning migrants to Mexico after they had already crossed into the U.S. near El Paso, Texas, federal government confirms. U.S. Border Patrol has opened an investigation into an agent who was caught illegally returning a family of asylum seekers who are already in U.S. back to Mexico, Daily Mail can exclusively reveal the move is a violation of us law and border patrol policies that requires agents to arrest anyone who entered the country illegally us customs and border patrol and border protection's office of professional responsibility is reviewing this in this situation us customs and border border protection the parent agency of the border patrol told the dailymail.com monday family of six from venezuela is including six aged Six age, I'm sorry, including girls age one and four, illegally crossed from Mexico into El Paso, Texas, Sunday morning. Once on U.S. soil, the family made their way through razor wire, albeit with the baby crying as barbed wire meant to block migrants from entering the country. Tore at their clothes and flesh. All right. The federal agent drove up to the family and ordered them back to Mexico, repeatedly pointing that that they go back as witnessed firsthand by DailyMail.com. They're not supposed to be turning people away, especially if they're already in the US territory, Crystal Sandoval with Las Americas Immigrant Advocacy Group told DailyMail.com, it's not supposed to be happening. The Asian will likely stay on the job while the investigation is ongoing, federal sources told tell the DailyMail.com. The rejected family was just yards away from an opening in the border wall where hundreds of other migrants who entered the U.S. illegally were being taken into custody by other Border Patrol agents. El Paso has been seeing a recent surge in migrants crossing the border with as many as 1,600 people crossing into, the West, into West Texas in a single day before the South Americans crossed over to the U.S. The father told the DailyMail.com, that he and his family planned to ask for asylum as he scouted the river for a place with low low, low water so that he and his kids could cross. across. If migrants who are in border control con- cus- custody make it known to agents that they want to make an asylum claim, U.S. and international law said that migrants must be given the opportunity to do so. If they're asylum seekers, we are supposed to at least pr- process them in a mean way and provide them with a credible fear interview sandoval added the legal requirements to arrest illegal border crossers and allow asylum seekers to make refugee claims is part of the reason the u.s has seen historic numbers at the border since 2021 resulting in a border crisis at least 7.8 million migrants have illegally crossed into the u.s since 2021 according to figures from u.s customs and border protection That doesn't include an additional 1 million migrants estimated to have entered the U.S. illegally in the last three months of 2023. In recent years, 7.7 million Venezuelans have left their homeland run by a dictator seeking refuge in South American countries and in the U.S. according to the United Nations. Okay after being rejected by border patrol the venezuelan father told the dailymail.com that he they had been ordered to return to mexico he told us go back that we can't enter here the migrant shouted to the dailymail.com from across the river the dad definitely walked up up on down the u.s riverbank looking for another location to get through the makeshift barrier while his children sat in the barbed wire on the riverbank it's unknown if they ultimately made it Past the barbed wire the migrant rejection by the border patrol wasn't the only one sunday morning earlier in the day members of the texas national guard also ordered different migrants to go back to mexico well sorry what do you, what do you expect what do you expect because some of these people aren't uh there aren't parents Some of these people are traffickers, some of these people are trafficking kids to come across the border. Some of these people belong to cartels. And they're coming over to the US and causing problems and increasing the crime rate. All right, that's another thing too. Okay. Let's talk about the, uh, Houthi rebels
4: airstrike in Yemen on a Houthi-controlled site believed to be used by the rebel group to attack commercial ships in the Red Sea. The Houthis have been targeting international shipping routes to show their support for Hamas and their fight against Israel. The Houthis are vowing retaliation for these strikes, prompting the U.S. Navy to warn American ships to stay out of the Red Sea in the Gulf of Aden for the next 72 hours. Christina Ruffini is at the White House this morning with more on this developing story. Christina, good morning.
10: Good morning. Well, from the start of this conflict in October, U.S. officials and the international community have feared it spreading into a larger regional war. And we've already seen an increase in cross-border conflict between Israel and Hezbollah in Lebanon. Now Yemeni Houthis, who are backed by Iran, are vowing to retaliate, making the Red Sea a potential third hotspot. In Yemen's Capital Friday, action sparked a reaction. Large protests following the U.S. and U.K.-led strikes on more than 30 Houthi rebel targets. Retaliation for the Iranian-backed group's targeting of shipping vessels in the Red Sea and Gulf of Aden.
11: We've put together a group of nations that are going to say that if they continue to act and the behave as they do, we'll respond.
10: Standing in front of a fire truck in Allentown, Pennsylvania, President Biden said he's worried continued attacks on shipping routes could drive up the price of oil.
11: I'm very concerned. That's why we've got to stop it.
10: According to the Pentagon, more than 150 precision-guided munitions struck at least 60 targets, including command centers, missile and drone launch sites, and air defense systems.
4: I think it's important to remember how we got here. 27 attacks against international commercial shipping and mariners since November 19th, multiple warnings to stop, and... We said very loud and clear there would be consequences, and last night there were.
10: The Houthis, a minority Shia Muslim group, are backed by Iran and have been battling for control of Yemen since 2014. The bloody civil war has displaced about 4.5 million people, and more than two-thirds of Yemen's population is in dire need of humanitarian assistance, according to the UN.
11: We are
5: just extremely worried about the risks uh, and the, the, the greater risks of escalation.
10: Yesterday, President Biden dismissed the idea that targeting Houthi groups could antagonize Iran. Iran does
12: not want to war with us.
10: The strikes were. You're not in
0: the position to actually make threats. Okay, militaries dwindled to nothing when it comes to recruitment. You don't pay your um, U.S. military proper pay. That's the reason why they don't want to, why you can't get people to enlist. You're gonna to have to bring back the draft and that's gonna be a nightmare because people are not gonna to wanna to do it, okay? Especially risking life and limb to be paid the same amount of wage you could be paid at 7-Eleven or Walmart. Let's not forget how you've treated the uh, American veterans. And these children of veterans are being warned, by their parents who are veterans, don't join the military. So how are you in a position to say that Iran doesn't want any any problems with you? A lot of people, like I said, a lot of people are not believing mainstream media anymore.
10: Received bipartisan, though not universal support.
11: So I think it was an appropriate act.
10: With some progressive Democrats saying Congress should have to pre-approve any such action. It's time
13: to put together an international coalition. There should have been time to come to us and ask for
10: permission. And some Republicans saying it didn't go far enough.
4: That uh, won't change the equation. The, the Iranians could care less how many Houthis die, how many people from Hamas die. You'll never get Iran through their proxies to back off until you hit Iran.
10: Now, all of this was done while the Secretary of Defense is still in the hospital. If you remember, the Pentagon failed to notify.
0: This is going to end very badly. It's going to end very badly for us, us Americans. All right. Does you think doing this that the you know the Houthis are not going to be strengthened by Iran? Okay. The fight for the Palestinians who are being harmed, being pushed out of Gaza. U.S. military struck another Houthi-controlled site in Yemen today after Joe Biden vowed to protect ships in the Red Sea. U.S. Central Command said that the on action early on Saturday local time against the Houthi radar site was conducted by Navy destroyer USS Kearney using Tomahawk land attack missiles. A Houthi official told Al Jazeera that no one, no injuries resulted from today's strikes by the U.S. and vowed a strong, effective response. The first day of strikes on Friday hit 28 locations and struck more than 60 targets. On Friday, a fresh missile attack on the Red Sea ship was reported after the Houthi rebels warned that British interests were legitimate targets following a RAF and U.S. unleashing airstrikes. Well, Britain is siding with Israel, and Israel is uh, attacking Hamas and mistreating Palestinians. So what do you think the Houthis were going to do? The overnight bombardment by US and UK warplane ships and submarines were launched in response to weeks of drone and missile attacks on commercial ships in the vital Red Sea. The US said the strikes um, said the strikes in two waves took an aim at, tar- at targets in 28 different locations across Houthi controlled areas in Yemen. Okay. <clears throat> Will this clash with the Houthi rebels lead to global conflict? Would the U.S. and U.K. be prepared to put boots on the ground in Yemen, as Boris Johnson proposed? Will the prolonged air com- campaign be enough to paralyze the iran backed Houthis? There are many difficult questions left to answer over the Middle East's latest hotspot warrants, Kim zenguta Would the U.S. and the U.K. be prepared? Yeah, I read that already. UN envoy urges restraint over Yemen region increasingly precarious the UN special envoy for Yemen on Saturday urged maximum restraint by all parties involved in Yemen and warned of an increasing uncertain situation in the region the envoy Hans Grundberg notes with serious concern the increasingly precarious regional context and its adverse impact on the peace efforts in Yemen and stability and security in the region, he said in a statement. This could end up really bad for us, as I've said. Because Iran is supplying them. And Last time I checked, I believe Iran also has nukes. Yeah. This could end extremely bad for us all right so now we're going to talk about nazis in italy let's talk about that
14: let me ask you a question what's the most offensive act you can think of something that provokes something linked to violence or trauma. In most of Europe, it's this, the Nazi salute. In Adolf Hitler's time, this is how Nazis greeted each other, right arm held up and palm facing down. It was one of the most visible symbols of Nazism and today it brings back trauma, of wars of persecution and of hardships, which is why scenes from Italy have made people uncomfortable. Take a look look at what happened on Sunday. It happened in Rome outside the former office of a neo-fascist party it's called the Italian social movement the party does not exist anymore it has merged into a new one the brothers of Italy party does the name ring a bell it should Italian Prime Minister Giorgia Maloney belongs to the same party brothers of Italy so the opposition is attacking her they want Maloney to ban neo-fascist groups and the reason is simple In the 1920s, fascists captured power in Italy. They were led by dictator Benito Mussolini. He crushed democracy in the country. He also led Italy into World War II, so symbols of Nazism and fascism are considered evil, especially the salute. Now for the record, neither Hitler nor Mussolini invented the salute, it dates back to the Roman Empire, but today it is a provocation. It's considered controversial. Giorgia Maloney has not said anything yet, but in the past she has distanced herself from fascism. Listen to the speech from 2022. I have never felt any sympathy or closeness to undemocratic regimes, any regime for that matter. Just as I have always considered the racial laws of 1938 the lowest point in Italian history. It's a shame that will forever mark our people. And yet, questions remain. Her party elected a leader called Ignazio La Russa, a speaker. La Russa is a collector of fascist relics. His father was secretary of Mussolini's fascist party. Another example is this man. He's now a junior minister in Maloney's cabinet. In this old picture, he's wearing this armband. It was a Nazi symbol. So there is reason for criticism. But can a ban solve this problem? Some countries are trying it out, like Australia. They've banned the Nazi salute and the symbol. If you display those, you could land in jail. The maximum punishment is 12 months. The law was proposed and passed last year. It's a response to rising anti Semitism after the Hamas attack on Israel. So Canberra is sticking to bans. Countries in Europe have done the same, like Germany, Austria, and the Czech Republic. These countries explicitly ban the Nazi salute. Others like Switzerland and Sweden have similar laws, but have they really worked? We've always said that banning is never an answer, but if anything deserves to be banned, it is this, Nazi symbols. Yet everyone is convinced, not everyone is convinced Robin. Many critics point to Germany. It has banned Nazi symbols since the 1950s, but neo-Nazis are on the rise. In 2021, right-wing extremism reached a 20-year high in
0: twenty twenty two, far right they had uh switzerland, I believe, they just of last year took down the uh swatchka flag for them. <laughs> this has been going on for a while, and plus, like I said before, um you have Ukrainians who have these Nazi beliefs going to different countries and recruiting all right you have a lot of ukrainian refugees going to ireland and they are also recruiting even staying on you know there were reports of them the men being on top of uh buildings or just on the ground and looking at the buildings to see what type of um what building would be a good target if they were snipers okay so they are this white supremacy is spreading and they're making moves. So this really isn't a shock to me.
14: Pride groups plotted a coup. So banning alone is not enough. You must address the root causes of the ideology, whether it's lack of, uh, of awareness or ignorance of history or the lack of messaging. If you think about it, Germany has done pretty well on these counts. They don't hide the Nazi crimes. They make sure children learn about it, yet they have a neo-Nazi problem. So imagine the situation elsewhere. My point is quite simple. Legal action alone is not enough. Just think beyond just a ban. That's where Italy failed after the Second World War. They banned the fascist party in the 1940s, but the idea... Theology did not die. Fascists organized themselves.
0: This ain't going away at all. They're gonna get stronger. And they're already in government. You have, like I said, I just said before, Republican and Democrats support Ukraine. They support the neo-Nazi beliefs. And I believe also that even Germany is helping Ukraine. All right. So now what? Germany is supporting Ukraine. All right. So it's just going back to its racist roots. Prove of it right here. Germany is providing substantial financial support, more than 27.8 billion Euro to date. This is an article of of last year To to the people in Ukraine, and it stands firmly by their side, making available much more than just military equipment. Read on for more information about what Germany is doing to help. Russia's war of aggression against Ukraine has brought immeasurable suffering to millions of people. The war is directly affecting not only Ukraine soldiers, who are defending their home and front lines, but also the civilian population, including elderly people, women, and children. The Russian Armed Forces target, targeted attacks are having a severe impact on civilian infrastructure, including on power plants that produce heat and electricity. Russia is thereby attempting to deprive people in Ukraine of the basic necessities of life. This is why the German government is giving top priority to helping provide Ukrainians with the, precisely what they need. All right, let's read about the uh military support Ukraine must be able to defend itself against Russia's war of aggression Germany is therefore supporting Ukraine by supplying arms and equipment from its budgets where stockpiles as well as from defense industry deliveries that paid for with that they paid for with funds from the German government's budget when providing assistance the German government tailors its aid to the needs of the Ukraine and the needs of Ukraine and continuously explores where it can step up its assistance with regard to air defense. Germany is also the largest contributor to the refinancing fund of the European Peace Facility, which so far has enabled the provisions of 5.6 billion Euro from across Europe. These funds are able to be made available from between 2022 and 2026 to support the delivery of military equipment from the EU member states to the Ukrainian armed forces so yeah nazis are gonna do what nazis are gonna do sooner or later germany's gonna get tired of uh not being able to show their real face and they're just going to just come out and just say hey we're nazis i mean look at what elon musk did he you know he let the ukrainians use starlink and he said that the term Nazi isn't what you think it means. You already know Elon Musk sides with white supremacy. Let's talk about this Taylor Taylor Swift psy up now. Let's talk about this.
8: Very use. in the world. Sorry, Gutfeld. Well, Taylor Swift's the biggest star in the world. Sorry, Gutfeld. She's been blanketed across the sports media entertainment atmosphere. The New York Times just speculated she's a lesbian. And last year's tour broke Ticketmaster, a tour that's revenue tops the GDP of 50 countries. I mean, I like her music. She's all right. But, I mean, have you ever wondered why or how she blew up like this? Well, around four years ago, the Pentagon Psychological Operations Unit floated turning taylor swift into an asset during a nato meeting what kind of asset a psyop for combating online misinformation listen you came in here wanting to understand how you just go out there and counter
5: an information operation the idea is that social influence can help uh can help uh encourage or uh promote behavior change so potentially as like a peaceful information operation i include taylor swift in here because she's um You know, she's a fairly influential online person. I don't know if you've heard of her. Yeah, that's
8: real. The Pentagon psyop unit pitched NATO on turning Taylor Swift into an asset for combating misinformation online. This is nothing new. In the 1950s, the government strong-armed Louis Armstrong into doing propaganda tours across Africa. The CIA did the same thing with jazz singer Nina Simone, except they did it without her really knowing. In the 70s, Nixon enlisted Elvis in his war on drugs. He gave the king a badge and named him a covert federal law enforcement agent. Michael Jackson was tapped by Reagan, using his song Beat It in his public service campaigns against teen drinking and driving. Michael Jackson persuading minors not to drink. Anyway, so is Swift a front for a covert political agenda. Primetime obviously has no evidence. If we did, we'd share it. But we're curious because the pop star who endorsed Biden is urging millions of her followers to vote. She's sharing links. And her boyfriend, Travis Kelty, sponsored by Pfizer. And their relationships boosted the NFL ratings this season, bringing in a whole new demographic. So how's the PSYOP going? Well, as usual, Biden's not calling the shots because he doesn't even know who Taylor Swift is. He's confused her with Britney Spears and Beyonce.
11: You could say even this is harder than getting a, a ticket to the renaissance tour, or or,
8: or, or tour. She's down and it's kind of warm in Brazil right now. Former FBI agent, Stuart Kaplan joins us now. Stuart, is this feasible?
12: Jesse, the deployment of a PSYOP in the United States in this day and age is still illegal um the national security law prohibits the deployment of psyops or using an operative for psychological warfare however if I was running Biden's management perception team I would identify someone who would align themselves with my agenda such as a Taylor Swift who has close to 600 million followers I would target her I would engage her and I would get her what get her to do what we used to see as like public service announcements And that type of enlistment, that type of solicitation, is analogous to the old days of deployment of a psyop. And so, in modern times, with these people having such influence and such, you know, immeasurable amount of followers, she can potentially single-handedly swing voters because of just the amount of followers. That she potentially can influence so the answer is yes jesse
8: yeah because when she posted the link to the vote.org it's like hundreds of thousands of young taylor swift fans all of a sudden registered to vote i wonder who got to her from the white house or from wherever who makes that initial handshake is it the binder well
12: the administration has what they consider a perception optics management team And those are professionals that that go out and identify those people who may be unsuspecting, whether with knowledge or without knowledge, to do these type of campaigns. Now, it is possible that Taylor Swift, quite frankly, does not know that she is being utilized in a covert manner to swing Mm -hmm. voters. But the bottom line is that the Biden administration is savvy, identifying how many followers and how many voters potentially she can influence with either right information or misinformation. She certainly can swing the voters.
8: Okay. Stuart, thank you so much. I now know a lot more about Taylor Swift than I ever wanted to know. (laughs)
0: Well, I mean, is it is it really a shock? Is it really a shock here? I mean, this is how they get you to buy products. This is how they get you to buy to buy into political beliefs through entertainers. I mean, those of us who know better, we know better. But a lot of people, they actually worship these celebrities. Okay? If they get behind, if a celebrity gets behind a certain political figure, people will go for it. All right? You got a lot of people going for Trump because Trump, you know, was at one time friends with Kanye West or friends with certain types of celebrities or Biden. You see the Breakfast Club support Biden or Hillary Clinton. And you have black people who are basically want the things that the politicians are providing or promoting. They'll go crazy and vote for them. Never mind that Biden doesn't care about black people. But because he's, you know, Cardi B, he got to talk, he talked to Cardi B about important issues that, you know, Cardi B really doesn't know anything about. It will gain the black vote, mind control. Okay. And since you have a demographic, within black urban culture that's pretty much dumbed down that they won't question the fact that, why is Joe Biden wanting to talk to Cardi B when Cardi B really doesn't have any experience in politics? Okay, why would he talk to her? Why won't you talk to a learned black person who knows what they're talking about when it comes to the needs of of black America? See what I'm saying? Or with Trump, people want to get behind Trump, but Trump has a a seedy past and is known to be crooked, but people are going to get behind Trump, never mind the fact that he has a very sketchy past. All right. Let's get on to this other story about migrants as well. But what's going on in uh, Colorado, which is
12: unbelievable.
0: Fair use, by the way.
11: And so, we know we both want to be a welcoming and supportive place where folks are not going to be uh, without services and support. And we also want to fund critical services all across the city to make sure that everyone in Denver has the supports they need. And so we did sit down with agency heads yesterday and asked them to start preparing to evaluate uh, ways in which they can absorb $180 million of cuts in the 2024 budget. Um, they are going to start talking to their departments and their teams about those scenarios and we will try to take a look at how we can navigate that. Um, but that process has started. Our city departments are in the midst of that uh, conversation. That's a little bit of crisis one. Um, crisis two is that the forty those 4,800 people in residence means that we have now filled all of the space that we have for sheltering in the city and county. We have filled every single hotel site that we have and the two Congress sites that we added. Um, and so we do not have space to add more folks that arrive nor do we have staff to support them nor do we have resources to support them to add on new hotels and if we could get someone in Adams County or Aurora or Lakewood to give us a hotel we would have to add new staffing for those sites we would have to add new resources for those sites and we'd have to um, uh, also uh, add new capacity Um, and so that is a real challenge for us which means we are in the scenario where uh, we got six buses on Saturday, we only got one Sunday, but as we got a new increased volume, we have a lot of suboptimal options, which are um, either offering everyone onward travel to another location, uh, or trying to hope that they have friends or family they can stay with here, um, but we think we are at a very different tipping point than we've seen any, any way up to this moment, um, and we want to both confront the hard truths of how we can make this system work. And
0: This is insane. People in Colorado need to start talking to this man, start having this man removed, need to see what they can do to have boycotts because the people of Denver, Colorado should come first not the migrants. These are illegal migrants. Send them back. This is insane. This is not, these cities are going to be hell holes. You ready see what Brandon Johnson is doing to Chicago. And he's gonna be just fine. Just like this mayor right over here, Mike Johnston, he's gonna be just fine. When it goes to crap, when Denver becomes a war zone, he'll be just fine, him and his family, but everybody else's, no. Mayor Mike Johnston has made it clear for weeks for Denver to continue supporting migrants at current levels and without additional federal support in 2024, it would cost the city 10% of its annual general fund budget. Now behind the scenes, He's asking agents led by mayoral appointees to cut spending to those. So those dollars can be reallocated to defund the city's migrant response. At the end of December, Johnson told Denver, right? That scale of that scale of cuts would be unattainable. And the city would instead have to scale back its efforts to shelter and house migrants. The consequences of cutting all migrant shelters are unlikely are an unlikely possibility could leave thousands on the street. No, 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 get them off the street, send them back where they came from. Currently more than 4,700 people are in city run shelters, according to Laura Schwartz with the Department of Finance. In total, the city has spent more than 38 million in its response efforts, shutting all city shelters would leave several thousand migrants homeless in winter, potentially putting more than four times the number of people experiencing homelessness, many children on the streets that Johnson managed to shelter in his House 1000 campaign. While we are advising newcomers that our migrant shelters are nearly at capacity, we are continuing to see a steady stream of new arrivals with 200 new people who arrived in just two past two days. Swartz explained in an email, if the pace of this humanitarian crisis needs needs to continue in 2024, as it has over the past few months of 2023, Denver's migrant sheltering expenses could reach a, as high as $15 million per month. What could be done here is send them back. But like I said also, that this is all by design. Extremely. This whole situation, there is no other way to look at it. okay this is all by design to break down the countries break i'm sorry to break down the cities make them war zones so then the government could come and be the savior they create the villains so they could be the heroes that is ex- exactly what's going on here and let's check out this uh chicago migrant crisis now
13: policy that kicks migrants out of shelters after 60 days. He also says the city is trying to move migrants out of the landing zone as quickly as possible to shelters. Earlier this week there were close to 400 people living on buses. Now that number has significantly gone down. Gym shoes or just a hoodie? New arrivals coming to the city's first point of entry, the landing zone, are in for a Chicago weather reality check. As the rain, snow, and soon-to-be frigid temperatures bear down, there are now less than 150 people living on CTA warming buses.
12: As far as the landing zone is concerned, you know, no, it was never designed to be a shelter.
13: But for many migrants, it has become a shelter. Some, specifically, single men, have been living and sleeping on buses for a few days with limited meals and no access to showers. Mayor Brandon Johnson spoke about the migrant crisis at his first press conference in three weeks. Is the bus situation acceptable? Is acceptable? Well, it's, it's, a,
12: it's, a, it's a temporary, I mean, look, it's a good question. You know, it's, it's certainly not acceptable. for. Them. The governor to continue to send people to the city of Chicago, but we're meeting the moment.
13: Texas Governor Greg Abbott has been sending hundreds of buses and planes to Chicago. Today, Governor J.B. Pritzker sent a letter to Abbott hoping to appeal to his humanity. In part, Pritzker writes, quote, your callousness sending buses and planes full of migrants. In this weather is now life-threatening to every one of the arrivals. "End quote." Meantime, the harsh weather is put
0: And now you want to talk about this? Now you want to talk about this when it's winter time? When you had all the time before it hit winter, you had the fall. Black people are going to have a hard time in Chicago. Plus, these are un- these are workers that will work for a lot less than you would. You're going to have some economic and class warfare and blacks are not going to be prepared for it in Chicago. Racism is going to go through the roof in Chicago. When these Hispanics want to eat. And they want to take over. All right. I hate to say it, but uh, there is a replacement theory. Right. That white supremacists have been talking about. Right. And I will say this. There is a replacement theory, but it's for all of us. Whether you're white, whether you're black, Asian, American Asian, there's replacement coming. And they will, these migrants will vote Democrat. They will, because they want those benefits. They want an easy life. Okay? If they could have it a little easier, if they could drop the bar to be an American, they're going to go for it. All right, you already see the racism. There already has been reports with racism with Ukrainians, refugees in Texas against blacks. There's also been reports of Hispanics being racist to black warehouse workers in California, and possibly other places. to get real man it is going to get real
13: putting the city's 60-day migrant shelter eviction policy on hold but right now we've really paused it through the 22nd to understand the cold weather conditions and what will come next the first group of migrants were supposed to leave shelters next tuesday we're not evicting new arrivals
12: um, out, out in the cold this winter uh, our mission is to continue to live up to our values um, as we welcome new arrivals
13: and on Tuesday the mayor is holding a meeting with municipal leaders from cities and villages across the Chicago area. He is says he will ask them if they can possibly take some migrants in, even he says if it's as few as 20 or 50 people.
0: All right. Wow. They know they can't take in much people. All right. You're going to do it anyway. It's crazy out here, man. It's crazy. So uh, what do you think about having an invisible cloak? It's been created by China. Let's have a look. It's wild, bro. That's wild. That's the Metal Gear solids type of stuff. China unveils world's first invisible cloak. China has unveiled the world's first invisible cloak, bringing humanity one step closer to the realm of Harry Potter. <laughs> oh boy. Wow. All right. Chinese researcher Cho John ho has pushed the boundaries of optical technology, bringing us one step closer to the realm of Harry Potter. His innovation and actual invisibility cloak challenges the conventional notions of invisibility, ushering in a new era where the line between the seen and unseen become increasingly blurred. This relies on cutting edge materials designed to manipulate light offering a tangible solution to achieving optical visibility. Implications of this advanced advancement extend far beyond mere novelty, opening doors to a myriad of practical applications. One of the most exciting prospects is the potential for creating invisible rooms. This technology could revolutionize security measures, allowing for discrete surveillance and covert operations with unprecedented levels of concealment. Furthermore, the breakthrough holds promise For revolutionizing the field of advanced hearing aids by leveraging optical visibility these devices could discreetly enhance auditory experiences without the need of conspicuous bulky equipment all right this is crazy wild stuff right here man and from Google News the visibility cloak already exists and was a product of the recent development of the renowned Chinese scientist Zhao Ho, who was who, when presenting it, assured that the innovation will change our lives, according to the to a press release released by the Ministries of Science and Technology from Venezuela. The director of the Faculty of Sciences of the Doha University in Shanghai and member of the Academy of the Academy Sciences of the Asian Giant presented the invention during a virtual event called Super Night of Science during the presentation recorded on video and posted on social networks. The expert is seen accompanied by two assistants holding an apparently translucent sheet composed of what appears to be a unique material. The panel shows his legs. However, when he asks his companions to turn him 90 degrees, the lower part of his body disappears. He becomes invisible to the public. He specifies that the key is the composition of the sheet which has a latelier grid formed from a row of small, convex cylindrical lenses that allow light to be refracted regularly, that is. Metamaterials have been used to vary perception of the human eye, distorting our visual field to make us believe that it has disappeared. What a time to be alive. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. My thing is, it's like uh, when the military gets a hold of this, or worse, when the wrong person gets a hold of this, this will be a problem. This will really be a problem. But that's all I got to show about this. Um, I hope you like the content. And uh, like, share, comment, subscribe. Anything you want to know about this channel is in the description box. That's about it, folks. I'm done. Later.